1: Hey guys, it is the Indie
0: Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in the Beachview neighborhood of Pittsburgh, PA. And this is a show where we talk to people in and around and all over independent professional wrestling or other fun outside ways. But we're getting right into the Pittsburgh wrestling uh, this week with our special guest. But uh, in the meantime, please check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Drop us an email at GoodTimes at SorgatronMedia.com until I get that other uh, domain fixed and uh of course four one two two zero six wms 0 at mayhem show on the twitter hit us on any of those if you have anybody that uh you think we should be talking to great thread lately in the wrestling mayhem show facebook group with a bunch of people i need to touch base on or maybe return to the show because i'm realizing we haven't talked to some of them in a while looking at you jock samson you're like episode three and, and kind of set the tone for us. Uh, but anyways, uh, please support the show, of course, patreon.com slash wrestling show. And support indie wrestling, of course. A lot of people that we talk to on the show, especially from the, the local area, uh, the local promotions are available on indiewrestling.us. A lot of representatives from the Pittsburgh and Cleveland area there. And uh, a few other fun projects on video demand and video on demand and digital download and sign up for updates when including uh, episodes of this, that uh, you get reminded of and other uh, new shows coming up there all the time. So my guest this week is, uh, you know, I'll talk about how uh, way in the good old days of like 2007 when I discovered independent professional wrestling. Actually, 2006 now I think about it. And one of those guys, one of those names on the card was my guest today, Dean Radford, joining us here in the studio. Hello. I'm trying to remember your monikers from back then. I I feel like there's something I'm I'm forgetting.
1: Oh, man. There was, uh, you know, Got to prepare to be eradicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the good old days, weren't yeah. they?
0: Uh, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. And of thank course, you for having me. These days, uh, you may uh, know him from uh, Fight Society on uh, mm-hmm. McKeesport, of course, and a, a lot of fun stuff, and we'll get into that, and we've been talking about that on the shows as well. So we like to start with the icebreaker, if some people don't know you yet. Uh, what is your earliest memory of professional wrestling?
1: Uh, my, man, I uh, think I was like three or four and uh, my brother used to take me to AWA in. Uh, they used to run on a barge in New Eagle, PA. So it's funny. I got a picture of Shawn Michaels holding me when I'm like three or four years old with a Jimmy Snuka shirt on. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it's he awesome. just broke in, you know, doing the midnight rocker stuff. So it goes back pretty far.
0: <laughs> I was that a WWE Jimmy Snuka shirt or an AWA Jimmy Snuka shirt?
1: It, I'm gonna go with. Uh, wwe jimmy stuck shirt but (laughs) it was cool though because it was a black shirt with him all perched up on the uh perched up on the top rope there getting ready to do that big splash so nice yeah so how did you go from that to
0: like was it this is a thing that i want to do like right off the bat that you kind of stuck with
1: i always loved wrestling you know growing up it was anytime it was on you know i was the kid trying to watch uh, Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker through squiggly lines, and then I wanted to break the TV when I saw through the squiggly lines that The Undertaker won because Ric Flair threw the chair in. Because all the, the audio, all the audio was perfect, oh, it, was right? perfect. Yeah. it was on point. Yeah, but you know, you're looking through <laughs> squiggly lines, and then you know, so but uh, you know, I always was a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, you know, stepped away from it at all. So it was like running through my. My veins, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that something
0: that you know was you know you, you, as you talked about you, AWA? So you knew there was more than just WWF at the time, right? Yeah. Um, w- were you already kind of looking at like how do I get
1: into this? Um. Well, I was uh, basically to the the TV land is where I was. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was pretty much wrestling for me so you know my brother was huge with he watched a lot of the nwa stuff and uh you know wcw
0: so you're lucky enough that you had more than one promotion right he was a huge ultimate
1: warrior fan a sting Mm -hmm. fan you know so um then i didn't realize like the bubble i didn't realize the bubble that wasn't just tv land until pwx ran their first show at eastland mall and then I started finding out about Still City Wrestling and everything going on around here. I'm like, oh, it's local, too. So, you know, that really bursted me out of the uh, the WWF bubble and the NWA and stuff like that. Like, oh, this is where they come from. No way. <laughs> <laughs> They're just
0: generated in this little wrestler factory in right. Eastland Mall, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because Eastland Mall is uh, um, you Know we we've done some research on documentary. We hope to finally get around to finishing someday about studio wrestling because mm-hmm. everybody talks about studio wrestling and stuff. But Eastland Mall seems like that, that like source of wrestling talent. Like uh, uh, uh Corey Graves S- Sterling's mm-hmm. father uh, talked about uh, you know, him doing laps around the Eastland Mall like mm-hmm. when he was trying to get into it and everything, right? Yep. So, so like that seems like the like
1: what mid to late 90s uh, uh, source there locally, uh, yeah. It's right around there. I know. I you know I went to uh, I went to high school with CJ Sensation mm-hmm. and uh,
0: current referee for uh, right IWC, IWC. and and, 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 ran, I, and randomly got a super indie title shot a couple of shows ago. Fantastic. <laughs> he deserves
1: it. I uh, him and I went to school and you know Troy Lords and a bunch of us went to school and then uh, CJ started training with PWX and that was really how I found out about you know PWX later in the years being the way it was. At first, I thought it was just like, again, WWF. Mm-hmm. So I thought PWX was like, oh, man, all these guys are coming in from out of town and doing their stuff. And, you know, at that time, Still City Wrestling was doing their stuff. So they had like, you know, Snooka and McFoley and all these guys. So I didn't realize that, oh, we train here. So that uh, and then he started training there. So that's when I first got the angle of, oh, OK, so this is something I could do here. You know, so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Awesome. So,
0: so what was, um, what was the experience? Like you, you finally went for it. You got into training. I got into training. Uh, and I know you do a lot of training these days and I want to talk about that too, but what what was kind of your experience, your first experience uh, in that?
1: So when I originally started training, it was with, uh, Troy Lords mm-hmm. and balls we, hot. Yes.
0: We still like yelling it every once in a while.
1: Balls hot. That's, it will always be <laughs> balls hot. So, uh, we started training together at the uh, T Ranchula had a ring down in Hayes, in you know, an old school, which eventually turned into IWC's first training school. And um, so we trained there for a while, and it was really cool because Matt Bourne would come down a lot. And I mean that guy, and that's um, learned so much. For those don't know, that that was the original Doink, the original Doink, yeah. right? And you know you ran those ropes till you threw up, you know, it wasn't even a question about it. And Shane would come down sometimes Shane Douglas. And, uh, you know, it was a cool experience with that. Um, there was some stuff that happened with, uh, the school and T got away from it. And that's whenever, uh, Shirley doe and super Hentai took over and was running the IWC school. Mm. So I got my feet wet there and I finally tuned the machine with hentai and, uh, and, though. Awesome. so, so when you, uh,
0: when you debuted, uh-huh. um, what was your first, was, it was a getting eradicated. Was that, uh, the 1.0 of Dean Radford a little bit, get eradicated, <laughs> prepare to be eradicated. You know, it's, I it haven't was, seen much of this, this era. <laughs> so
1: the uh, funny story is, and this, so one of my first matches was in like this small, I don't even know what it was in, in wheeling. Or no, it wasn't. It was Weirton, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And this was when I was just getting my feet wet. I wasn't wrestling in Pittsburgh yet. And uh, there was some guy running a show. It was IYWF, I think. And they were taping for some South Carolina something, something, something. So I'm, you know, green as grass. I'm like, cool. So they go, hey, put a mask on, you know, this and that and the other. What are you going to call yourself? And I was like, the ultimate solution. Oh, I think I've heard the story. <laughs> so so you know this this guy that's supposed to be the monster is then choke slamming me but I'm as tall as him and he, you know he shits his pants but you know it's like it's one of those things where it's like I was like okay how can I make this work I'm going to be the ultimate solution and then this guy shows up in WCW as the ultimate solution in like a triple tier, triple tier cage and this and that and the other. So I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. But when I was training with hentai and 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 Doe, they, uh, they, Doe always made a comment of, you look like a young Spicoli. So he called me Dean Radford. And it was kind of like a, eh, okay, sure, Sam. I don't, you know, I don't want to, we'll go with that. And then when it came to showtime, it was like, okay, you're gonna be Dean Radford. And I was like, no, I want to do this. No, you're going to do this. Ripped up jeans, this and that and the other. Go look at Rad Radford. Look how it was done. And that's how you do it. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be the next Hulk Hogan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to paint my face. I'm going to mix Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man and all these guys together. Just
0: like all the people that went and be the Rock or the Hardy Boy. Sure. Right? Yeah. And
1: then, you know, here's Dean Radford. And I I don't know when it was, but it was kind of like first couple of matches. And it was just like, man, this is so weird. And then. I for the life of me I can't remember. It was like, did you get eradicated out there? And I was like, what? And they're like, eradicated. I was like, get eradicated, Very wreck Okay, maybe we can make this rad- thing work. <laughs> what era, what era is this about?
0: Because uh, I think I think like this is this isn't something that happened in like the 2010s. No. Like like this is this is something that happened a little closer to the era where where where. Ripped up jeans would have been We're like, right around 2000. Yeah, 2000 ish. 98,
1: 2000. That sounds like you something know. a wrestler would yell yeah. in the late 90s is just get yeah. eradicated. And uh, <laughs> I was like, cool. And then, you know, I, like every indie guy, I got my first t shirt made. Mm-hmm. It said, Prepare to get eradicated on the back with the terrible iron on logo on the front. Hot and, seller. Hot and, oh, seller, I like bet. I was making a cool 10 bucks a pop, you know? <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm selling 50 shirts. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, but hey. <laughs> It stuck. It worked. It's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I roll with it and here we are 15 years later, like the Radford.
0: <laughs> and if I recall when I, when I'm seeing you around 2006, I think you were a more serious version of the character too. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell me a little bit about the evolution
1: from getting eradicated too. So, uh, it really, it's, it's, it's going to sound one of those things, but when you get in the era of where we were with IWC, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I had the absolute honor to work with guys who are, you know, in a different level and I was green as grass and I learned a lot Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the first time BJ Whitmer kicked me in the face because I did something wrong. And I was like, oh, okay. And you learn those things, you know, it was a good match, Mm -hmm. you know, just like when I go out there and I got to work cold cabana and it was eight minutes solid. Don't do anything, you know, just go, 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 go. No downtime. And by the end I was like, okay, (sighs) but I got to work cold and he's Mm -hmm. great, you know, and, There was another time where I got to get in with punk and other guys like that. You learn so much. Um, But it was kind of like finding myself. And (laughs) the funniest thing is, uh, you know, one of the first feuds I had was uh, Dustin Nardine, the dream machine.
0: Oh, I've worn his vest. Have you? Yes. There is a, um, and there are episodes of Wrestling Man Show where, where we we talk about the vest at length, I believe. And yeah, there was, it's, it's been around.
1: Yeah. It, so, it's, it's
0: been in here. I think we put it on the stuffed owl in the old studio at one point. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yep. So uh, I don't know who the owner of the vest is now, but uh, we, uh, we, him and I went out there and for what we had, he was a nice kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know he was just getting into business. So that's where I was. And I had to like learn and grow. And, um, you know, I finally got to the point where I was working well with, you know, Sterling and uh, him and I had great time in the ring. And it kind of went from there. You know, Sterling did his thing. I was on top of it, obviously, too. We had great matches that he went and did his thing. I think he actually went back to PWX or something. And Sterling,
0: of course, clarify those, those that don't know. Sterling James Keenan. Who Corey Graves. Is now Corey Graves. Correct.
1: Uh, he, uh, you know, and, and being there with someone like Sterling, he has such a mind for the business. So mm-hmm. you can learn from everybody you're in the ring with. And even if they're on your same level, you have to be able to accept that you're not as good as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you can always learn from someone, you know. So that was really cool. Um, and then getting to work, you know, guys in the business like, who have done big things. Like I remember the first time I wrestled abyss. That was an awesome show. That was an awesome match. We had a great time. And then six months later, we're at a war games and it was just, it's crazy how things unfold, but you learn so much, you know? Um, there's a war think, games
0: that involve Sterling abyss. Shirley Doe was a part of that. Sebastian dark, Sebastian dark, Dennis yeah. Gregory balls, hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Hamrick. And also, I think so. And also, a same show that featured uh, uh, Christian Cage against AJ Styles, AJ Styles, I think for the first time first ever. Time. Yep. But, yeah, when uh, Christian left, had left yep. WWE at the
1: time. And there was about twelve hundred people in court times. Oh yeah, them.
0: and two rings. They and did two rings. They did war games the right way. Yes, two and rings. You don't see that too often. Double cage. It was good stuff. I can't, I started going the show right after that. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it was like right around there when you started to see more of like the, you know, the build the serious point of my, yeah. uh, we'll say, illustrious career. But uh, that was the serious, you know, badass walking to the ring, going to take some names, you know, version of me. I found myself. So it was just all about, you know, this first couple of years for anybody, It's it's all about finding yourself. Mm-hmm. Styles, whatever's going to work for you. And that's pretty much where we first met is when I was, you know, I found myself to be, you know, the big brawler out there doing the stuff that even some of the smaller guys can do because I won't use the terrible term of back then I could move better. But, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) after a while, your knees kind of don't want to do springboard stuff anymore. But, yeah. Yeah. It was good times.
0: We did get an update from Joe Dombrowski. I did text him to ask where the uh, Dreaming Vest okay. does reside, and it is in Joe Dombrowski's home office.
1: Even even better. So <laughs> I,
0: I I remember for a time he had Sammy Callahan's vest, and that guy returned at WrestleCon. We went out for 29, and uh, I don't think he will ever um, – Give up as many diseases as <laughs> that thing probably carries from being possessed <laughs> by I know it's been in duel of the the Butcher's Mouth at one point. Ooh, uh yeah, Hacksaw sure. Jim Duggan had it I, at Ooh. a moment. Uh mm-hmm. so I mean, hey, you know, those legend shows were great for getting the
1: best around. Uh but anyway. He better hope that uh, Dustin Ardeen doesn't fly out from Vegas and take that thing back.
0: <laughs> hey, it might have to go down. <laughs> he runs
1: a promotion out in Vegas. Really? Yeah, I think he I don't know if he still does. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right outside of Vegas. That's uh
0: it, it's always where i hear about like you know somebody's always doing tv out there mm-hmm. <laughs> for instance but um all right and and uh from there um you know I, I think i from from that point i think i i recorded like the rest of your career at yeah. <laughs> i think you did <laughs> and we were just talking about a little be- beforehand about like kind of like you know running the you know you kind of ran went to the end of the line with what you could do there mm-hmm as things were changing. Obviously different managements over the years, uh, especially over the last ten years, I guess, with them, right? Right.
1: So Well, I mean, it was it was one of those things where uh when Norm was still running the company, you know, I had left mm-hmm. and I moved out to Arizona. Right. Um and there was a few shots where Norm brought me in and then about five or six years later I'd moved back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where you know, when it's time to go, I guess. So, uh, it was a different atmosphere and it was just time to go. Mm-hmm. You know. So
0: let's talk about those, those few years out there in Arizona. Cause we were talking about a little bit before about sure. like kind of the different stuff mm-hmm. you're into out there. Um, you know, get to you get to drop into a whole different, um, environment, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, despite there being multiple country companies here in Pittsburgh, there is a similar vibe, you mm-hmm. know, for being in this region,
1: right? It's and it, as much as you hear people say about, oh, there's so many organizations within a twenty mile radius. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Go to New Jersey. <laughs> it's, it's 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 ridiculous. You know, when I went out to uh, Phoenix, um, I was living in Tucson actually, and um, one of the first immediately when I land, I'm like, where's wrestling? Where's wrestling? I need wrestling. So there's an organization in tucson and so uh, my wife and i go to watch the show because i want to watch the show first yes and i'm sitting there and uh there's no athletic commission out there like there is here so that i learned quickly whenever a guy took a bump from the, sh- the chair shot rolled to the outside promoter walks over gigs him walks back to his seat and i was like okay time to go <laughs> so That, uh, no, not so much. So I actually, um, I reached out to Jake Garrett Mm -hmm. and you know, him and I have been friends for a very long time and he's like, you need to hook up with Chris Cole. He's like, Cole was out there for a while. So Chris Cole's in like Cleveland, I believe somewhere around Cleveland. But, uh, he got me hooked up with a guy uh, named Navajo warrior who was not only running his own organization out there, IZW, but he had a hand in helping, with, you know, some of the local organizations around this and then other locker room leader. I mean, the guy's done a lot. So I went up and I met him and, uh, him and I are you know, best friends now, but when we first met, you know, it was the, uh, hi, how you doing? I'm Dean. Nice to meet you. You got a tape and you got a picture. And I was like, sure. Okay. We'll get back to you. And I was like, Hmm. Okie dokie. So, uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it gave me an opportunity to wrestle. One of the first things that I got to work with was actually doing uh, with Relic uh, before he got to doing the Red Rum gimmick Mm -hmm. Uh, he was doing down there in Phoenix. It was, you know, really cool setting for where they had the lights and everything else. And I got to do a little program with him. And there's a lot of talented people out there. A lot of guys out there were under contract with OVW or – there's another guy, uh, Hawaiian Lion. He wrestled New Japan. You know, he wrestled Amuda. I mean, I think you made it at that point when you yeah, so Yeah, yeah. There was a lot to learn, and the first thing I needed to learn was that crowds a little bit different than out here, and doing my shtick didn't get over too well. And so just
0: like angry bruiser guy just didn't, didn't work out. Well,
1: it was more of the angry, angry bruiser guy flying off the top rope. Didn't really, yeah, yeah. They wanted to see angry bruiser guy, middle of the ring, beat the crap out of somebody. Okay. So, because
0: at the time, you know, you know, the whole super indie thing, mm-hmm. you know, your CM punks, your AJ Styles, like the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ring of honor, fast paced, flippy.
1: Right. Like thing was, was pretty popular in this area. It was. And I had to adapt mm-hmm. because, you know, I, for for the life of me, I remember just all the stuff we did out here. They want to see guys go off the ropes. and stuff. So I always did the elbow and stuff. And I'll never forget one of the first shows when I was working something and I ended up going up for the elbow. And I see just these two guys in the front row just get up and start to walk over and get something. That, and I'm like, oh, man. And uh, I'll never forget Steve uh, Navajo Warrior telling me, you need to uh, tone it down. And I was like, what? He's like the East coast style ain't going to work out here. Okay. So, uh, I sat back and paid attention and learned that, uh, the NWA style gets over really well over there. It's all about the story and the character and this, and that and the other. So Hmm. that, uh, that transitioned me into the East coast killer out there. So that, uh, that went over pretty well, um, becoming more than just the bruiser guy out here, You know, going out there and working and doing more, which actually made it more alive for me because everything was so fast paced out here. You got to actually go out, tell a story, be a character, this and the other. So that was really cool. Plus, not only just doing wrestling out there, a lot of Lucha Libre style was out there, too. So I'll never forget the first time I did a, a Lucha show. It was Three on three, rounds. Mm-hmm. Everybody's and uh, I was. I commend them for what they do. You know,
0: uh, I know we're seeing a lot of that from DJZ. We had yeah. we saw some crazy stuff with him
1: and yeah. Corey this past and, weekend. And, you know, with uh, yeah. Sam down in Mexico, being able to do that. Kudos to him. I mean, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Sam Adonis, Sam Adonis, brother Adonis, of Corey Grace, for those yeah. don't know. Um, I, great he,
0: story recently on KDKA,
1: by the way. They just interviewed. I just read that as of uh, this recording. Yeah, so. nice. And and that just that's a prime example of hard work mm-hmm. of what I can get you. I mean, that kid's moved over how many different times, and he's doing well. And he,
0: he's a guy that had a shot in WWE mm-hmm. and found a found a spot in in Mexico, and, and he'll make and it back. And, to and he's figured yeah. it out.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh yeah, no as much noise as he's making down there, it's unquestionable. Yeah. His brother being there probably helps, too, a little bit. Yeah, but, but you know
1: what? He you, was still, you still got to do. He yeah. was around yeah, yeah. as a kid yeah. whenever we was doing our stuff, and he knew more than half the locker room. So, you know, Sam, Sam has come a long way, mm-hmm. put a lot of hard work in, deserves everything he gets.
0: I, I always love the vibe. I've seen him come in twice now to IWC, mm-hmm. and nobody else walks in that room and gets such greeting. Like yeah. he does, and that's really cool. And and not knowing the history, I saw him one slick years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh and and you know, didn't know anything of him, right? Uh, but it's really cool and a really cool guy to talk with. I've missed him both times he's been in town. Ah. So angry. <laughs> but all right, so you got back here, little stint with IWC, yeah. uh, and you rolled with PWX and now you're you're in training.
1: Yeah. Um we Got the tr- actually the the school was uh, myself and Brandon K mm-hmm. doing some training down there and um, you know the first class we did was uh, uh, torn flight and Dalton throttle and
0: uh, destroyer of wrestling sets yeah <laughs> I
1: saw that <laughs> good job kid. got botcha, got botcha <laughs> that's right and uh, there was a few other guys uh, another guy. Uh, uh chase he was he uh had some medical stuff going on so he actually had to step out but Mm -hmm. a a lot of guys have come a long way from training um then we went on to you know lee moriarty and um honey badger and classic chris helmsley and um lawless and you know a couple other guys but uh it, it was a good couple years of solid talent walking through, mm-hmm. you know, and the guys, you know, it was always, it rejuvenated me and to see someone that you have a hand in be successful is becomes the important.
0: And that list you name off is kind of a, a, you know, who's, who, of who's starting to make waves in the last year here right.
1: in the Pittsburgh area too. Yeah. So some guys don't like to know where their roots come from or acknowledge it at some points, but you know, <laughs> some other guys definitely, you know, and, and and the good thing too about the classes was they ought, they didn't come into it thinking they were going to be A's. They knew that their style was going to be mid card, mm-hmm. but because of their character, mm-hmm. they can be an A.
0: I've noticed that. Um, this is something I've said a lot about. Uh, recent classes, the IWC graduates, but but that that name that that list of names you give there, mm-hmm. a lot of character. A lot of, you know, gimmick stuff, you know, a lot of, you know, the lawyer, the cop, the honey badger, uh, you know, Um, like that seems like it's more than because I think probably your era was more. I need to go out and be the tough guy or the flippy guy or Mm -hmm. something or the guy in tights that does that does cool stuff like there wasn't like, you know, I know I I complained about Ring of Honor for a long time was like, I can't tell anybody apart Mm -hmm. and I can't think of two people have come out of training in the last couple of years of several of the schools that I could really say that about.
1: Right. So. And that's, I've, uh, earlier years, like ring of honor. I, I never really mm-hmm. wasn't my thing, but now there's so, there's so many characters, yeah. you know, and, I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Peacock, uh, a Dawn Castle, Don Castle. I remember when he first came into IWC mm-hmm. and instantly you saw, wow, that's a good gimmick mm-hmm. and he's going to make it work. You mm-hmm. know, and then and uh, amazing
0: in the ring, too. So you're just
1: like, it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, look at Shane Taylor. Mm-hmm. And the minute I stepped in the ring with Shane Taylor, I knew that he had it. You know, that guy is amazing. And, you know, he's gotten himself in great shape, doing good things for himself. And I remember
0: how fast he could run when he yeah. was at RWA <laughs> and he was huge. Yeah. Right. And a monster and scary. Mm-hmm. And now that he's like, I swear, he's lost like half his weight. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, and I haven't had a chance to see him on TV. I just saw a of
1: picture like. of him. I guess he wrestled for the promotion of Mexico, the crash or something. Okay. And there's a picture of him, like throwing a clothesline and he just looks massive. There's a definition in his arm and he's just like, ah, he's got this, like, I'm going to kill you face. I, I love it. I love cl- Shane.
0: And his clotheslines already look like they kill people. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. They do. It's, hey, listen, mm-hmm. Shane is one of the most respected guys because if you can't take it, get out and he will (laughs) lay it in. He won't even think twice about it, but he expects you to lay it back. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no, you know, whims. It's if you don't hit me, I'm going to hit you harder type of situation, which is, you know, it's good. That's how it should, nice and tight. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Shane, Shane's phenomenal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just thinking about the (laughs) clothesline.
0: Um, So from that, and you guys are going through a transition. We were talking about this a little bit too, uh, Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this. It's interesting because PWX is something that has um, a lot of history to it, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? And 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 you're part of that where it's become this fight society concept, like something that is not wrestling but
1: wrestling. Right. It's you know what, and just to kind of step back on that, you said you have so much history. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember the first show vaguely, but you got a guy like. Iron Warrior coming out with fire and paint and this and that and the other. Then you got Vince Caplack with his cape doing backflips off the ropes. And what it evolved over 20 plus years Mm -hmm. to take it and say, screw it and throw it in a trash can. Yeah. Start from scratch. Yeah. You know, that was the idea of let's not be like everybody else, because everybody's got five different titles, everybody's got this, everybody's got that. Well, what if there was just an organization with one title? That everybody could fight for. Make it a contendership. You know. Make it a fight society. And as. You know. From the first show. Um, to where we are now. It's. Uh, it's growing. People are getting it. And. It's becoming more of what. It is as a whole. Opposed to people just thinking. That's eh, just another organization. Rebranding themselves To try and be relevant. No. It's not the case at all. It's it's a fight to come out and show what you're worth. You know, there isn't 40 guys on a roster and that's for a reason. It's to come out, have guys who can showcase their talents, but also go the distance.
0: And it's coming off pretty interesting. And again, like you guys are figuring out, I mean, Lucha underground wasn't Lucha underground the first couple of episodes, right? right? Uh, people looking for something different. Um, and, and yeah, it kind of sticks out for you guys. Uh, in that in that building too so uh you and i think if i'm if i recall you were the last pwx champion too. i was because I, 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 I remember a little bit of story uh going on when i got to check the check fight society for the first time a couple months ago
1: i i tell you what it was it was pretty cool being that uh you know pwx the first show that i ever watched independently and then to be the last champion that was pretty cool um but then I come into fight society and one of my students knocks me off and I'm just kind of like, okay, (laughs) back to the drawing board. I guess I taught him well, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's some very solid talent, um, going into it. Uh, you know, I was the number one guy and then, uh, you know, now we see Patrick Hayes won the title. Good job. He deserves it. He, uh, you see that guy sweeping the ring before shows Mm -hmm. still this late Mm -hmm. in the game. And you should never lose that, you know? So he definitely earned it and he went out there and busted his hump and got the title, got the three count, won the fight, so to speak. That's
0: awesome. So Uh, so it's interesting because there's, there's a different rule set of sorts, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, it was a different count out, uh, structure, Uh, a 20 count, no DQ, everything is, is, you know, a straight up, (laughs) You know, uh, there must be a winner. Mm-hmm. So, um, does that kind of uh, uh, take a
1: different philosophy when when you, that's being put together? Well, and you know, one of the rules you mentioned the twenty count. Mm-hmm. It pretty much says after the twenty count, you don't want to be the guy that was counted out because it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean the match is over. Oh, that just might mean things are going to turn up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, and, uh, and maybe have maybe, we
0: have we not seen what happens yet? And- okay okay
1: <laughs> you gotta keep you gotta come you gotta see you gotta you know I, it is interesting
0: because it was like as you're going i'm being introduced to these rules kind of as they're being mm-hmm. you guys are a couple shows in already and i'm just like i don't there's there's a lot going on here mm-hmm. and and i just want to see like what are the rules you know right. you know they kind of explained a little well, bit, the rules but that was the only got,
1: thing that i had yeah for it the rules got posted mm-hmm. so everybody could kind of go through nice. and get a little bit of it um But there's still a lot to see and a lot to find out. Like, as the story unravels of what is Fight Society, you know, a fight can take place when you're getting out of your car, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, a little bit of
0: that old uh, uh, hardcore Title 24 7 role happening, that that little bit of idea,
1: right? Yes, yes. And that's it gives the fans the, you know, what if? Mm -hmm. You know, everybody gets used to the routine of here's my money, I'm going to go sit down, I'm going to wait for the bell, we're going to do this well, you might be standing in line to get your ticket and Mm -hmm. here comes Shirley Doe beating the crap out of somebody. So that's cool. You know, that gives you the, you haven't even paid for your ticket yet and you're getting entertainment. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's different. Um, I think that's what we need as a whole to keep, you know, wrestling going strong is something that's different. Um, and with, You know, whether it's a fight in the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, during a match on the show, or even after the show, when you're walking to your car and you've already paid your money and seen the show, but now you got more to watch. Why not? You know, give it something different. It's awesome.
0: Um, What are you watching these days? What's uh, a, anybody out there that you're keeping an eye on or any promotions that are kind of uh, getting your attention?
1: Um, I have small kids. I'm, I watch a lot of WWE. Mm Mm-hmm when I can. I mean it's a lot of taped fast forward this and that and the other. But uh uh I I just started getting into the the cup matches for New Japan and I love watching New Japan. Um you know, going back and watching that uh Omega and Jericho match at the Wrestle Kingdom that was a fantastic match. I think it was just a little bit too long. I think the story kind of went just a little bit down during the match, but it was a great story. I think if they would have cut it maybe five minutes, seven minutes shorter, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have had that feel of what's going on type of deal. Because everything they did was spot on, great story. And then there was just kind of like the, is this the home spot or what's, you know, so, but it was a great match. Um, And, you know, I just, I I read the results for the cup, but I, I like to go back and watch them. I watched a lot of NXT. Mm. um a few reasons guys that I came up into business with i get to see them best in their glory right most recently right Ray Rowe, i yeah. can't wait to see them actually like debut debut yeah. but uh t- another guy busted his hump deserves everything he gets Ray's a great guy and uh you know he went out marketed himself got the ring of honor got the new japan Mm One of the tag titles, you know, do it so much. NXT, you know, and I'm sure he'll be on the main roster. You know, that's a great tag team they have there. So I I do enjoy watching NXT. NXT makes me um, think of how wrestling used to be when I watched a little bit. Um, The matches are fantastic. Um, But uh, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with wrestling. I don't really watch too much indie stuff. Uh, even though I got every every dang app brokus uh, smart TVs <laughs> wrestling for you know wrestling whatever that I can watch everything I just you know it's hard to get into it because it all looks the same mm-hmm. and that's instantly when I end up turning it off because I get bored with it you know so I uh, I still enjoy watching a little bit of the, you know mainstream stuff but that's for the kids, you know. They love John Cena and all those guys. And my daughter, she loves them. Uh, the
0: kids and Marcus Mann. Marcus Mann? Yeah. yeah, Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is the best and worst thing about indie wrestling in your career?
1: The best and worst thing in indie wrestling in my career. Oh, man. Um, You get into wrestling and a lot of people say you don't make too many friends in wrestling. I've met a lot of great people. I have a lot of people that I call friends, best friends, good acquaintances. I kind of lucked out, I guess I feel like. Um, I think the worst thing in indie wrestling, and again, this is in general, this isn't Pittsburgh talk. This is just guys who forget the basics, guys who forget where they come from. You're not selling tickets individually, There's no marquee person putting a hundred people in one seat. Mm -hmm. So just don't, you know, guys just forget where they come from. They forget the basics of things. And that's the one thing that kind of, you know, makes me hate wrestling, I guess, is the people who don't understand that without the basics, there's nothing. So. All right. Well, on
0: that point, um, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I am on Twitter at Dean Radford. Um, I am on Facebook Dean Radford (laughs) and, uh, that is all I have up right now. So posting all the stuff from, uh, uh, you know, fight society and, uh, just keeping people up to date on that stuff. Um, I don't really travel too much now just because I, 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 you know, with the kids and everything else being the uh, local guy is not the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at now.
0: It's Still training.
1: Still do some training. I backed off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, actually I was just talking to them a little bit about uh, trying to get back into fold. Mm -hmm. So things are good. Uh, Quinn's diner holding the fort down, you know, and uh, talk about a brain for the business. Quinn Magnum has a brain for the business. He is unreal when it comes to talking from shop. <laughs> awesome. So We'll have to get him on here soon. Oh, dude, do it. <laughs> I'm you're going to need like five hours of talk time, oh, though, because <laughs> you think I got a lot of stuff going on.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys. Uh, I see a lot of uh, your trainees and uh, 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 associates in the chat room here that have been listening uh. to this during the live stream. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to. Catch up with you sure. again. Somebody I've been watching through my entire indie wrestling watching career. <laughs> hey, thank
1: you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome.
0: Go check it out and check out everything going on. And you can catch some of those old matches we were talking about, including the war games and things like that over at indiewrestling.us. Still available for you guys uh, to check out some of that old school stuff and a lot of other uh, great names on there as well. A lot of it we, we just about every name we brought up, I think, is represented on there in some shape or yeah. form. So.
1: Uh, still alive, still kicking. So, and don't forget Saturday night mm-hmm. at the battlegrounds, Fight Society. You never know when a fight will break out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right, McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, pwx.tv or
1: pwxfightsociety.com.
0: FightSociety.com.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so
0: go check it out they are doing something very interesting there and I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it I want to see how this thing develops over the never next year so fight <laughs> <laughs> might break out here for all I know so apparently <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes and, and check out everything again support indie wrestling support indie wrestling uh, and until next time um, so you support the podcast too <laughs> see
1: you later oh.